Good morning. It's great to be with you. Um, please keep your Bibles open there and uh, let me pray. Lord God and Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for your kindness to us in the Lord Jesus, for the privilege of gathering together and sitting um, under your word. And we pray now that by your uh, Holy Spirit, uh, you would teach us, you would keep us in the truth. Uh, We pray that we would be both encouraged and challenged. And we pray that we might respond to you in a way that pleases you and brings you glory. And this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, there are a few more joyous moments uh, for me as a parent than when my teenage daughters were in a bad mood in the car and we'd pull up at a traffic light and Kylie Minogue or something like that would come on the radio. So what I'd do is I'd put down the windows all the way down I'd lock them from the front so that they can't put them back up. I'd crank up the radio really, really loud and I'd start car dancing at the traffic lights. And my daughters would just sink down in the chairs. They'd cover their faces and they'd go, Dad, what are you doing? You're so embarrassing. I loved it. It was so not so good for them, but I just loved it. And I love doing other things like that too to my children. That's a parent's responsibility, really. But I wonder if you've ever been embarrassed uh, by being associated with someone. Uh, Might have been your parents, might be your children, uh, might be your siblings or your friends, but maybe even Jesus. Uh, If it's the latter, then you're not alone. Today I just want to have a look at this passage uh, which looks at Peter the Apostle. And his denial or his disowning of Jesus. And it's well beyond uh, embarrassment, isn't it? Uh, Just a little bit of background to this uh, part of the Bible. Earlier in John's Gospel, in chapter 13, uh, which is kind of just a few hours earlier than this, um, over dinner, Jesus says to his disciples that one of them will betray him. Peter, the, uh, the disciple, says, well, there's no way that I would ever do that. I would never do that. I will follow you wherever you go. In fact, Jesus, I will lay down my life for you. And then Jesus says this to Peter in response to that. Uh, Jesus answered him, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows... You will disown me three times. So here Peter promises loyalty to Jesus, even death. He will die for Jesus. That is a massive thing to say. And I'm pretty sure he was sincere at the time. But Jesus comes back at him and says, no, you won't. No, you won't. In fact, you will do the opposite to that. You will actually disown me, not once, not twice, but three times. That's a pretty brutal reply, isn't it, to someone who has just pledged undying loyalty to you. As we move forward a few hours, it brings us to chapter 18, where Jesus um, uh, uh, gets arrested. And uh, in chapter 18, just before our reading, in verse 10, we see how Peter tried to defend Jesus against the arresting mob. 
he draws his sword and cuts off the ear of the high priest's servant and Jesus says to him, stop it. That's not how this is going to happen. And then they, take, they arrest Jesus and they take him away for trial. Now Peter and one of the other disciples actually follow Jesus when they bring him to the, um, uh, the, the high priest's courtyard. And that brings us to the passage today uh, in John's Gospel. And we see that initially Peter is outside and then a, a servant girl comes and, and, and brings Peter inside. And the servant girl who brings him in questions Peter. Look at verse 17. She says, you aren't one of this man's disciples too, are you? And he replied, I am not. Servant girl. A servant girl. She's no threat to him whatsoever. She had no particular standing in the community at the time. She had no authority. She couldn't hurt or harm him in any way. And she just asked him, are you one of Jesus' disciples? You know, do you know him? And he, and he denies it. Denies being a follower of Jesus to her. I don't know him. I don't know what you're talking about. Meanwhile, verses 19 to 24, Jesus is getting questioned. He's being slapped around. If there's any time you want some loyalty from your friends, it's then. But verse 25, meanwhile, Verse 25, Simon Peter was still standing there warming himself. And so they asked him, you aren't one of his disciples too, are you? And he denied it, saying, I am not. So again, for a second time, asked whether he was a follower of Jesus. He says, I don't know him. Denies it. And then verse 26, look at that. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the garden? Verse 27, again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, a rooster began to crow. For a third time, asked if with Jesus... For a third time, he denies it outright. And at that moment, a rooster began to crow. And the words of Jesus from John 13 that I read before, you, before came true, did they not? Very truly, Jesus said to him, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. What an awful, awful moment. That must have been. In Luke's Gospel, as Luke recounts this event, he says, after the rooster crows, uh, Luke 22 says, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. He had been ashamed to admit he knew Jesus, that he followed Jesus. That's what disciple means. This Jesus who had been so kind to him, so gracious, 
so patient, so loving, so generous, that Peter had pledged boldly undying loyalty to, he just dumps Jesus, just dumps him. No wonder there were bitter tears. His macho bravado had just turned into blubbering mess. At one moment, defending Jesus against a group of Roman soldiers, next minute, denying Jesus to a lowly slave girl. And disowning Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times. Now we can be tempted to think, can't we? How could you do that, Peter? How could you be so weak? How could you be so gutless? How, how could you break your promise? And how could you do that of all people to the Lord Jesus? But maybe we ought not to be too harsh on him. At least he followed Jesus. He was still with Jesus at this point. Remember, ten of the other disciples had racked off. They're gone. But maybe also because you and I might do the same thing. Maybe we have done the same thing, not in the exact same way. And, and, I, and my guess is that few of us have maybe outright denied Jesus. But have you ever hidden that you're a Christian? Have you ever gone quiet when people are talking about or, or bagging out Christians or Christianity? Have you ever not defended a Christian friend when they were trying to be Christian or saying Christian things? When people are deriding or demeaning the Bible, have you ever not defended God's word on something? Have you ever been tempted to follow everyone else so that you won't be shamed? So that you won't be cancelled? So that you won't be embarrassed if you do or say the Christian thing? And you know, it could even be as simple as being asked what you did on the weekend and just happening to leave out that you went to church. If you've done any of those, then maybe we have denied Jesus. Maybe we have disowned him, disassociated ourselves from him, been ashamed of him. I've done all those things. And even now, you know what this is, don't you? Even now, there have been times when I can wear this 
maybe even should wear this, but I don't. One, because I feel like it looks a bit silly. (laughs) And everyone says purple's not my colour. But sometimes I don't wear it because it tells people who I'm associated with. Uh, As a Christian, I've been a Christian for over 30 years. Over that time, I, I have received ridicule and aggression for being Christian. At times, abuse. Yeah, and, and times, in the midst of that, I have just stood firm and strong. But there are other times. Normally, a non-church context where I don't wear it. Because I don't want people to know I'm a Christian minister. A follower of Jesus. Because of what they might think or say about me. Shame on me. I wonder if ever, deep in your heart, in certain circumstances or at certain times or in certain places with certain people, you have disowned Jesus too. And we may think, but you know, I didn't make such bold declarations to Jesus like, Peter the, the disciple did, but we did, didn't we? We did when we said we'd follow Jesus, when we said we'd trust in Jesus, when we said we'd love him with all our heart, none of which are present when we deny him. And there's the possibility that even though Peter's denial is more spectacular. It's in the Gospels for all of human history to read. Maybe ours is a bit more pathetic. See, Jesus hadn't died for Peter at this point. He had not risen from the dead at this point. So in a sense, Peter had less to hang his loyalty and his trust on than we do now. Have you ever denied Jesus? Have you ever wept those bitter tears? We need to help each other. We really do. We need to help each other to never be ashamed of Jesus. Why? Because things will get worse for Christians in this country. I can tell you that now. I have no doubt about it. Cancel culture is in full swing and it will get worse. Many people do not care what the truth is anymore. About anything. (laughs) 
you know, a, a few years ago, a journalist was quoting me, a famous journalist with a national newspaper, who is still around, was, was uh, misquoting me in the newspapers. And I challenged, and our media officer challenged this journalist. You know what she said? I don't care. I don't care. And many people do not care for explanation, nor good intention. In other words, Christians will get hammered more and more. I wonder if you've experienced already, experienced that already. And if you haven't, you will. Just for being Christian. Many people talk about tolerance and inclusiveness. It is all bluster. Bluster. See, these days you can't just tolerate a different position to your own. You can't even just agree with a different position to your own. No, you must celebrate it. What if someone wants you to celebrate something that goes against what Jesus says in the Bible? Will you stick with Jesus? Will you stand firm on his word? And when confronted with these kinds of situations... It's like we need to ask ourselves the question the slave girl asked. Are you one of his disciples? Now I'm not saying, on the other hand, that as we engage with those around us or as we engage with society or the community or the world, that we should just be grumpy and defensive, not saying that. We must always engage in a way that is gracious and polite and humble and godly. But we must stand firm in the truth of God's word. And we must stand firm with and for Jesus. You know, when we look at this kind of spectacular failure of Peter, when you read on in John, it doesn't end there for Peter. For Peter, failure is not final. After Jesus had risen from the dead, uh, one day the disciples are fishing and Jesus goes to see them, cooks breakfast for them <laughs> on the beach. And in John 21... Uh, Jesus asks Peter, says this, do you love me? Peter says, yes, I love you. Jesus says to him, then take care of my people, feed my sheep, he says. And for a second time, Jesus asks Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes, I do. Jesus says, I want you to take care of my people then. Feed my sheep. 
And for a third time, as if to mirror the three denials of Peter, Jesus asked him, do you love me? Peter says, yes, I do. Jesus says, take care of my people. Feed my sheep. You know what Jesus is doing here? Jesus is restoring Peter after his failure. Because with Jesus, failure is not final. He kind of places Peter as as a leader amongst the Christian people at that time. And Peter will do what Jesus asked him to take care of his people, to feed his sheep. As we read in the epistles, uh, there's, a, there's a couple of hiccups, let's say, with, with Peter along the way as he's doing that. But I tell you what, eventually Peter will die for Jesus. In the same way that it did not end in failure for Peter. It does not end there for us either if we've ever denied Jesus. There is forgiveness and restoration. If you've ever denied Jesus or disowned him, disassociated yourself with him, been ashamed of him. It is right actually to cry those bitter tears. But in Jesus, sorrow should always turn to joy. Because in Jesus there's forgiveness, yeah. The irony is that the very one that we can be ashamed of is the one that saves us and brings us forgiveness. Uh, You know, if anyone should be ashamed of association, it actually should be Jesus being ashamed of us. We're the sinners, are we not? Uh, We are the ones who have said and done and thought things that we don't ever want anyone else to know because if they did know, we could not bear the shame. But Jesus did not hide his face from us, did he? Nor did he disown us. Instead, he came to us. He reached out. And he died for us. And here is a man who lived with such integrity and honour. People wanted to kill him. Here is Jesus who loved us when we did not love him. Here is Jesus, Lord and Saviour. We have nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. So when we are faced with those circumstances, all those conversations or even confrontations that pose the question to us, are you one of his disciples? Are you a Christian? Do you stand with Jesus? What will you say? Let's pray.
Lord God and Heavenly Father, we give you humble thanks that you sent your Son Jesus who died on the cross and bore our sin and shame. Father, we thank you that because of him, before you, we will not be shamed. And Father, we ask that in a world that does not love Jesus, we might always show that we do love Jesus and that we follow him by always standing with him. Please strengthen us and enable us to do this by your spirit. And we humbly ask this in Jesus' name.